Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Islam for Christians, episode 94. Quran, Surah 93, Ad Duha, The Morning Hours. By the morning sunlight and the night when it falls still, your Lord, O Prophet, has not abandoned you, nor has he become hateful of you. And the next life is certainly far better for you than this one. And surely your Lord will give so much to you that you will be pleased. Did he not find you as an orphan and then sheltered you? Did he not find you unguided, then guided you? And did he not find you needy and satisfied your needs? So do not oppress the orphan, nor repulse the beggar and proclaim the blessings of your Lord. And now the Arabic, as recited by Saad al-Ghamdi. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Wadduha wal-layli idha saja Ma wadda'aka rabbuka wa ma qala Walal-akhiratu khayrun laka minal-ula وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْطِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْضَى أَلَمْ يَجِدْكَ يَتِيمًا فَآوَى وَوَجَدَكَ ضَالًّا فَهَدَى وَوَجَدَكَ عَائِلًا فَأَغْنَى فَأَمَّا الْيَتِيمَ فَلَا تَقْهَرْ وَأَمَّا السَّائِلَ فَلَا تَنْهَرْ one of the more stressful and frankly strange, if you're a, of a certain age, a strange aspect of modern life that is aided and abetted by modern technology, of course, is the focus on the amount of time between when you send a message and when you receive a response. <laughs> um, the technical term, uh, according to very recent science, it's so recent actually that I just made it up myself, the technical term is the non-instant response anxiety duration, or NERAD. Basically, this is when you are trying to get a hold of someone. And for whatever reason, you don't get an instant response. The length of the non-instant response anxiety duration, or NERAD, it is directly proportional to the level of anxiety that is being created, as well as the level of negativity filling in the mental gaps caused by this time delay. Or, in other words, the longer it takes your wife to hear from you, the more likely she is to be freaking out and consulting a funeral director. Now, the concept of the NERAG, as I coined, it has always existed, but it's much more of a phenomenon in our time because it is so much more common, insanely common. And why is it more common? Because the NERAD required for a full crazy cycle has grown so small that most of us experience it regularly. There have been times when my old soul has longed for the days when someone left you a message 
and really didn't care if it took days to get back to them. It's a much simpler time. But now, um, here's something that happens a lot. Husband goes out for a walk. He wants peace, maybe some prayer time. Turns his phone off. Wife sends a text. No response. Then another one. And then another one. And by the time the man gets home a few hours later, she has cashed in his life insurance and remarried. Why? Because a full NERAD cycle can now be completed in just a few hours. Now, a few, less than that, depending on the person. Now, even a few decades ago, that would have been at least a day, if not several days. And the further back you go, the longer that time period. So let's just say um, you're in the 7th century, in Arabia. What kind of NERAD would it take to make a man crazy? Let's say, for instance, you're in Mecca, and you send a caravan up to Syria. Now, how long, not hearing from anyone, would it take to just assume that everyone was dead? A year, maybe? Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go for a year. Just for the fun of it, this isn't science. I'm just setting the premise for this Sora. So let's go with one year. But then imagine this actually wasn't about a caravan. Imagine just a year earlier, you thought you had talked with the creator of the universe. You were longing for a callback, but it didn't come. And you waited and waited. And come, we're almost on the brink of madness because of this lengthy non-response anxiety duration. And pretty much you were about to lose it. At minimum, this would have been the very, very late stages of an ERAD cycle. And then suddenly, oh, hi there, Muhammad. I'm still here. Oh, and uh, you're not crazy. I just took a while to get back to you. Why? Well, thank you for not asking why. You know, I am God after all. You know I had a good reason. And that happened in the Islamic story. That happened. And that's what this surah is about. This surah is the result of God breaking his silence and doing so in a way that is basically training Muhammad to always maintain his trust in God. Always. Now, you can see the lesson God is teaching Muhammad here, right from the start. It's the same lesson we all should learn, too, uh, me especially. Just thinking of the most miserable times of my life. They came when I did not take heed of the lessons and warnings of this Sora. It's that mistake of forgetfulness. You know, like Muhammad, if you're someone with 40 years to look back on, 40 years in which God was a very, very good father to you, when he would pull you through time and again. So based on that past, logically, isn't that something you should expect to happen in the future? Isn't that something that Muhammad should be expecting naturally in the future? God tells Muhammad, 
and he is telling us. Did he not find you as an orphan, then sheltered you? Did he not find you unguided, then guided you? And did he not find you needy, then satisfied your needs? Now, I can't know this for sure, but I'm assuming that's pretty relatable. Very relatable. You know, I, I was never an orphan, but there were there were times when I could look around and genuinely call the shelter around me a miracle. And when I was unguided and lost, who was it that came looking for me? That would be God. Who will find you and guide you where you need to be? Who will make sure you find your way? God will. That's what's being said here. And how do I know that this is true? Well, there is the promise of the gospel and the words of the Quran, but on a more practical level, simply because God has done it so many times before, it's a pattern that after a while, it cannot be ignored. Again, that's what it's talking about here. God will find you time after time. That is what is being spoken to Muhammad here. And for Muhammad, the truth of this is extremely obvious. And God is telling him to look back at that track record and to use this in the future. Muhammad, his father, dead as an infant, mother dead at six, taken in by grandfather, who was then dead at eight, then Abu Talib, who was a steadfast guardian, then Khadijah made him rich, gave him time which he used wisely instead of squandering it. And with that, he found God. So Muhammad, the Quran is saying, this cycle will repeat. Look for it in the future. Even when it appears that God is silent, see those first two lines. By the morning sunlight and the night when it falls still. In other words, the sun will come back. In fact, it never went away. The sun never ceases to be, even when it's dark. And so you can rely on its eternal presence in the same way you can rely on God's eternal presence. So the Quran is saying, God is always there. You should understand, both Muhammad and the larger public, that God will always pull you through. And then, at last, we are being told, act as if you actually believe in that reality. So do not oppress the orphan, nor repulse the beggar, and proclaim the blessings of your Lord. To rephrase that again, it's saying, you should act like God, and when possible, be a source of God's mercy. Be just as God is just. Be generous as God is generous. Or as the Bible says, be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. And the language here is also a bit gospel-like. Now, the Arabic doesn't specifically say, give to the beggar. It uses the word al-sa'il. 
which is not a beggar, but really just someone who asks, someone who asks for something. That could be almost anything. And Jesus said almost verbatim the same thing. Give to the one who asks you and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. So when you take that concept and you put it in the context of this Sora, that actually puts an interesting scenario in the believer's mind. If someone is asking you for something, what are the odds that God has drafted you as a vessel of mercy? You as the dispenser of God's graces. That's pretty humbling to think about, isn't it? Now, of course, there is a major difference between the man asking for heroin money and a neighbor who needs help. Now, that just makes discernment and wisdom even more important, but that's a whole other thing. The important thing to keep in mind is just, what do you think God sees here? How does God see your role in this situation? And then we have the end of the Surah. Now, let's not ignore that last line. When these things are coming at you, when God's blessings are flowing toward you, when you are on the receiving end of God's blessings, proclaim the blessings of your Lord. You're being told, don't keep it to yourself, especially if you were wise enough to know that these things came from God, not from you. So if you have great abundance, make sure people understand that, that they know that that didn't come from you, that it came from God. Just as Muhammad never took credit for any of his good fortune, even when the greatest blessing to date came his way in the form of this surah. Muhammad, ever the receiver of good fortune, was now assured that God was speaking to him once again. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next time. Inshallah. Thank you for listening to Islam for Christians. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to keep this show ad-free, you can also visit my Patreon page and subscribe. I'm at patreon.com slash Islam for Christians. That's patreon.com slash Islam for Christians.